Hello and welcome to the New York Pages podcast brought to you in partnership with Inside the Rink. I'm your host, Jacob Berkowitz, and I'm alongside my co-host, Shragi. Shragi, how's it going? I am doing good after a busy, busy week in the Rangers world. Yeah, it's been pretty busy, and uh, I think it's time to assess some stuff. Oh, yeah. This, this week had a lot of uh, ups and downs. I think we saw a lot of positivity, but a lot of the things that uh, that we were worried about are actually uh, coming, yeah, coming, coming to now, life you know? now. Yeah. I think, I think we figured it was going to be coming out this way at a certain point. Right. Like we kept on saying this is what's going to happen, but it just never came to be. They just kept on winning somehow, but it's fine. It's starting to come out. Right. So we started off the week with uh, playing the Avalanche. We know that the last time we were saying, um, is that just a game? It was a back-to-back, you know, you were, you know, you had, you had uh, Adam Hoskin goal. Like, was that, was that, was that really the problem? And they played them again and it came out a little bit different, but I think a lot of the problems were still there. Right. But uh, this game, this game had at the beginning, I, I originally thought this was just going to come out the same after giving up those two quick goals. Um, but they actually started playing better afterwards. So I, I think it just showed that like the Rangers are not a contender yet. They, I mean, we're, we'll go into this later, but they clearly were, they were outscaled. They were outplayed. Uh, the, the other team was much faster, much more puck hungry. Um, and honestly, the Rangers had these spurts of offense, but it was very inconsistent. And then uh, they finally showed up with three minutes left, but a little too, a little too late. Uh, obviously, Kreider got robbed uh, and it would have been tied. But, you know, it's it's too little too late. It, you got to play a full 60. That's what Gallant has been saying forever. And this is a Rangers problem that's been going on for a couple of years now. You've got to play the full 60. Um, and they just didn't. They didn't. And they were outscaled, outplayed. They, it, it just looked like, listen, more physically, they were able to hold their own physically. Um, and obviously, it helped that Huska wasn't in net. But listen, man, they were outplayed. And it was clearly, you clearly saw a team that has Stanley Cup, uh, Stanley Cup hopes. And you saw a team that's, you know, not there yet. Um, right. That just this, won't be able was to compete. That I think we we can both agree that the, that just proved to us. It kind of set the tone where the Rangers are. Right now, I, I have I have a question for you, Jacob. Um, I'm gonna. I, I heard a quote from Strom after this game, and I think there's like a lot of a lot to to from what he said that I think we need to based on this game we need to think about. And we'll get into Strom in a moment, but he said, "I thought we played for 60 minutes. I thought we competed." There were times in the game where you probably could have folded it in. And I thought that PK did a good job of keeping us in the game at times. We fought back. Now he's, he's referring to the fact that which game are you talking about? 28 shots on goal, 10 of which came in the final three minutes and 10 seconds of the game. Right. Exactly. That's not playing a full 60. Exactly. Um, it's not, I don't, I don't know what he's saying, but like, yeah, he said, he, we played a full 60. First of all, we know Strom has not been playing a full anything. He's been missing nets. He's been hitting posts. It's 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 Strom. It's the epitome of Strom. It's the whole reason why there are questions about maybe getting a new second line center. Um, listen, if he played like a second line center, a lot of these problems would be going away. But he's not. And um, yeah, I mean, the Colorado set a tone for that. You know, the Rangers are not there yet. They still need more additions. Um, and then to the Arizona game, 
I mean, you can't win two to one. No, no, you're facing a terrible team. I'm like sorry, this. not two to one. They lost. They they won three to two. Right? Three to two. I apologize. Right. Three to two. You can't win three to two. It should not be a competitive game. You you should be winning. Like that was the whole thing with the Rangers. They were winning versus the good te- bad teams, and they were losing versus the great teams. But then the problem was now you're not even winning, crushing the great. Like they weren't just beating the bad teams; they were crushing them, which was everyone thinking that hey, maybe they are taking that next step. Um. Yeah, that's basically it. It's it's basically it. And then the they Coyotes. Do- the Coyotes game was, um, in my in my opinion, this game um, showed me that the Rangers have uh, a lot of things that I could look forward to and say, you know what, if you did this against a good team, I would say you're going to do much better. They dominated the faceoffs. They've been doing that in games. They've been playing better on the faceoffs. We complained about that. Their faceoffs have been better. But when you face a team like the, like the Coyotes, you shouldn't have the Coyotes with 30 beating you by one on shots 31-30. You should not have a situation in which you um, have to uh, – where you have them – hitting more than you, where they have them, you know, keeping things close with you. If you are a better team and you are a team that wants to show that we are a contender, that we are a team that we could play in games, you can't be winning a game of three, two. And by the way, let's just look at this this way. It was a one, one game after two periods, a one, one game between two teams that number one, the Rangers put up points. They do average a decent amount of goals per game. They don't give up many goals per game. So the one goal to the Coyotes, I won't complain. And by the way, that goal was not a very strong goal. It sneaked through the legs of Kincaid, okay, who, by the way, played right, That was well. a pretty weak goal, but listen, Kincaid, a Very weak goal. But yeah. the, the third period to first give up that one goal, to go down two to one. Now, granted, the Coyotes suck. They're terrible. They, they had Suck is an back. understatement. They're 6-21. They're and 21. And two. Tell me the last team that in the last couple minutes has two penalties and then the Rangers score on both because remember, the Rangers are amazing on the power play. They are bad five on five, which is something that really needs to be dealt with. Why five on five, you can't score a goal. And against a team like the Coyotes, you're going to score on those power plays. And the fact that Strom says after a game against the, 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 the Avalanche, he says, "Oh, the power kill, the power, the power play, and the power play, and and the uh, and the uh, penalty killing is what really saved us." Are you kidding me? You can't depend on that every right, single exactly. game. They 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 do that a lot when their five on five doesn't get going. They rely on the power. They rely on their power play. That can't happen. That's not what competitive teams do. And the Rangers have relied on the power play more than they ever relied five on five. I hate to break it to you, you're playing more five v five than the power play. So you're going to have to fix that. Now, um, the Rangers are, I believe, 13-0-1 against teams under 500. However, they are 6-7-2. Um, six, six, I'm sorry, 6-7-3 against teams that are above 500. And now, however, there are some teams that are above 500 that's still not contenders. So you have to put that in perspective of how many times the Rangers have actually beaten playoff teams. It's, it's, a, it's a scary stat. It's a really scary stat because it shows that the Rangers are just 
they're going to get killed. They're going to get murdered in the playoffs. And obviously, I don't think our expectations are they're going to get far in the playoffs. You just want to see them being competitive that they have a chance to win. Like, you're worried that, like, two, three years ago when they were in that playoff bubble, they were clearly dominated. They, 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 they were shown by Carolina. They didn't belong there. They, they were beaten right. out. It was ridiculous. Out skilled, out toughness. It was ridiculous. It, it, it showed the Rangers are just not there yet. And people, and I'm worrying myself, is it going to happen again? Are we going to just get swept in the playoffs? And it's just going to be, you know, okay, we're not there yet. You know, we're, we're clearly outclassed. That's it. Uh, well, not to make it even worse, at this point, I, I, I don't want to, I'm scared to say this because all Rangers fans are going to come back to me and say, um, as soon as they start doing well, uh, you know, Shragi, what are you thinking? You said this, but I'm going to say this. I even have a reason in my mind to think they can't make the playoffs. They're falling down in a way that if a team finds that you can't play five-on-five hockey and the only way you can beat them is by, you know, penalty kill or power play, excuse me, that is ridiculous. That is not a way to run a team. You know, we've had in the past where the Rangers were not good on – on on uh, penalty on power plays, right? We've had that before, right? But if you can't play five on five against even the Avalanche team, I know they're so good. But if the only way that you're beating any like, listen, if they lost to them three to two, but it was a competitive game, full sixty minutes, like we, like the goal, they like lost. the Vegas game, like the right. Vegas even game. though they lost, we'd be talking about this different. Hey, just because they lost, like. I would in in the grand scheme of things, you would you would take a three to two loss, competitive loss, rather than a one nothing win where Shesterkin. Now, obviously, exactly. you want those two points. I know that sounds ridiculous, but in right. the grand scheme of things, in the bigger picture, it's a much better perspective. Now, the versus the, the great Vegas example game, of that is the Vegas game. The great so example versus of the that. Vegas game, they played well. Their second period was so well that Galan came to the locker room and said, "If we play like that in the third, we're winning this game." They didn't. They played the collapse system, try to protect the lead, which we know the Rangers are never good at doing. And they let up the lead and they lost in the shootout. That was it. Now, of course, the goaltender for the Vegas Golden Knights stood on his head sometimes. Ryan Strom hit a post. Someone, I think he also had missed an empty net. Classic Ryan Strom stuff. Um, the funny thing is the power plays on fire right now when Panarin is not there. Uh, it's kind of funny. But it, it, they did play competitive without Panarin and without Chesterkin, and it was very, it, it was, you know, gave you a right. little bit more you confidence just, you about You just brought this up team. a very good point. You just brought up a very good point, and 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 I think I think you're really right on this. The 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 with with Panarin out of the lineup, and Zibanejad having to really so called take control, he's really looked much better. So he's um, looked much better. He's he's his shooting confidence is through the roof. Um, his shooting is. It, is much better. He doesn't look like he's missing the net every single time, or it's just going into the goalie's chest. Uh, he looks much more confident. Now, I think the thing is, is that you have to change up the first power play. I've been saying about this forever. Um, I believe instead of Ryan Strom, that's where Panarin should be because he has a nice shot without a one-timer. So either he shoots, or since his playmake ability, he could m- manage that pass across his advantage. Right, the um, amount but, of moves that really the Rangers um, 
Kako was amazing on the first power play for Sarasona. What? Kako was amazing on that first power play. Yeah, and you know what? He's he's done something that um, Kreider's been doing, and he's this is I I don't think we have envisioned Kako to be this type of player, but they like to say this line that um, if you're around the if you're around the goal, if you're around the you know the the net, good things happen. Right. You know. And but the thing with Kako, the thing with Kako is, is that he's amazing with puck possession. It is so hard to get him off the puck. And that's one thing that even though he was bad his first year, second year, got better. The one thing that always stuck out is his puck possession, is that it was so hard to knock him off the puck. And the fact that you have a guy like that and Kreider in front of the net and you, you saw versus Arizona, obviously Arizona is a bad team, so it's not a good comparable. But you saw they took Arizona for a ride. You you can't you can't defend against that. I think Kaka should be on the power play one. I I've been or left right I I've been saying this since day one. You got to get Strom off that first power play. I know chemistry is a thing, but I'm sorry, it only takes you so far. And there's enough chemistry there that without Strom, it's fine. You got to get Strom off that first power play, and you got to replace him. That's it. I think Sabanajad should take back his role where Panarin is. I know people when Sabanajad was there were hogging him. And the whole thing was, is that when Kako was there now, all of a sudden, they had a little more threat, and they didn't need to rely on Zibanejad. Now, obviously, you saw one of the power plays, they were straight up hogging Zibanejad. So Fox was like, okay, I'm just going to pass to the other side, and we have a wide open net. Now, with Strom, you don't have that, because either he misses the net, and even if he has an open net, no goalies there. You, you don't even have to put a goalie there. He's going to miss um, nine out of ten times. So, I, I, Strom has to be replaced on that first power play. Now... The Vegas Golden Knights game, obviously, was a bit, you know, gave you a bit more of confidence in this team. Obviously, there's only one game this week, which it's a possibility that it might get canceled. Now, there's no there is no report, but obviously, Nemeth is in COVID protocol right now. And based on the patterns in the league, it's never just one guy. It's always they always get spread. Now, thank God the Rangers haven't had this problem uh, like other teams. Right. Uh, it's a very unfortunate when situation. you get one, you always get nervous. There's going to be more. Right. Exactly. Like that's what happened with other teams. One guy got it and then everyone else got it. What worries me is, is that Nashville got called into COVID protocol. They played the Rangers. Uh, the uh, was it Arizona? There was another team that they played against or was it Colorado? That Colorado. COVID, Colorado. Colorado right after the Rangers played them, too. So like right. you're thinking, what are the odds? Like, you know, something got called with the Rangers. They just played two teams last week that had COVID issues. I mean, you got to think it doesn't end with Nemeth. Now, I hope it does, but, you know, you got to think maybe this Montreal game doesn't happen. I personally, I, I think it does because I think by now someone else would have had it on the Rangers. But then again, I'm not a scientist, so I don't know this stuff, but hopefully it ends there. Now, go, moving on, I know, I know we kind of, did this pretenders or contenders thing. Um, but I think there's an emphasis on it that just either there needs to be additions made, either there call-ups, changing lines, all that. We're going to get into that. But first, Shragi, I wanted to mention to you, Georgiev is only a good goaltender when he plays consistently. That's right. how he is. Right. Now, he's right. He has shown he's a good goaltender when he plays consistently. However, we need a backup goalie who doesn't play consistently. Now, Georgiev has shown something. Right. So. Georgiev is abysmal when he doesn't play consistently. He doesn't even look like – he looks like, quite frankly, an AHL goalie. It, <laughs> it, it, 
versus the Devils, Jesper Bratt was spamming that five-hole because, I mean, it was ridiculous. Now, Steve Alcat mentioned um, Georgiev has changed his style on breakaways, right? Um, his form a bit, which has helped him stop more on breakaways because that was one weakness he had. But when Georgiev's trade, uh, trade value is this high, now it's not that high. And the people aren't going to give you a first-round pick for him. But I believe, Shrug, this is going to be the highest the value is going to be. I don't right. Think it's the value after these games, especially, are going to be high. And, you know, knowing that the Rangers have more than one piece that they need, um, and I don't want to say that they are willing to go for a so-called experiment, but I think at this point, with so many pieces like Nemeth um, not looking well and Hayek and not doing well, and Hunt, we're not really sure what to do with him, and we have enough. The Hunt experiment is over. The Hunt yeah, experiment that, is over. Yeah, that's over. Um, but when you have so many of these players that you're already like looking in on the on the on the on the paper and saying, okay, this this player's done, and you need to really pick up some new players, you know, a player like Yorgiev who has value to certain teams because he's shown that when he's consistently playing, great asset could, management. Well, he could do well. Um, I think that it's worth it's worth a try at least at this point. So the thing is, is that here's my theory: if they don't trade him now. Shesterkin's going to come back. Jurgen's not going to have much games, and he's not going to play well, and his trade value's got to go down. you got to trade him now. And that's it. It's, it's asset management, basic asset management. I know we what do know you expect trade. back from him? What do you expect back from him? I, I don't expect much, but personally... Um, what do you want back from him? What do you, what do you want? Like, you know, Jurgen's I'm not, not, gonna I'm not get saying you any legit addition. that every team's going to make this deal, but you right. take a team... I'm going to go with either. Our, I, I, I was going to say Buffalo, but they're going to figure out the Subban experiment first before they get another goalie. They're not going to get another goalie right after this. Right. Um, I th- I'm thinking, I'm looking at Arizona. That's personally funny thing. Yeah, we obviously we just played them. I'm thinking Arizona. Um, maybe he's in a deal involving Phil Kessel. However, there are reports saying that Phil Kessel, the Rangers are not that, in- they're not interested in that. <laughs> well, after that fight with Lindgren and that, <laughs> I don't think he's coming. Right. There was a meme that uh, Phil Kessel, like you saw him, right by uh, Wrangling Grinzier, and there is a meme saying, Kessel's not, like, trying to diss him or anything. He's whispering in his ear, get me out of here, um, which is kind of <laughs> funny. But basically, I don't. I, I think you got to work away from those, and you got to assess your team first before you make any moves. As in, I right. know this is very repetitive, whether, yeah, if Strom's a second-line center or not, and if he isn't, you go second or second center out. If you believe he is, you go to the winger out. I think there's a – you know – um, you have to assess what your team needs before, obviously, you trade for it. That's pretty obvious. Right. right. Um, so to, go, to address the Georgiev thing before we go into that, I, I don't know. Honestly, I really don't know what to expect of him. But whatever you're going to get, this is going to be the highest it is. I, even if it's a pick, I don't care. It's just this is going to be the best possible time to, to get something, to get the best outcome. Georgiev, and, and also, we, I don't believe with Ken Kate, I don't know if he is the answer. I know I said before he is, maybe. I'm, I might be backtracking on that because he did let up a weak goal. He, he, but then again, he hasn't played in the NHL in a while, so maybe he just needs time. He played great last year, so, you know, maybe give him a shot. Maybe, right. And hey, I'm not expecting from, always, from, always I'm not expecting from him to be this great goalie. We don't need from him to be this great goalie. We need from him that on, let's say, a back-to-back after a busy week and you have Shesterkin a little bit tired, I could put him in there and have a chance to win the game. Right. With Georgiev, you didn't have that because no. he, he he's a goalie. 
he is not a backup goalie. He is a starting goalie. What I mean by that is, is that he was not built mentally for um, inconsistent play. Uh, I don't remember who said this, but basically it was told that a backup goalie's mentality is so hard because basically what it is, is you play very rarely and the times you play, you have to play amazing or else you could be gone for the next month. So it is such a hard mentality to have. Georgiev was not built for that. And some goalies only are good if they have consistent play, which makes a lot of sense. Georgiev is not one of those guys that can play inconsistently and still be great. And he doesn't fit the mold of what the Rangers need in a backup goalie. Now, obviously, yeah, since the trade value is there, you got to trade him now. I don't know what the, what you get for him, but whatever you got to get, this is the best time to do it. Bring up Kincaid. If that doesn't work, there are always backup goalies on the market. And yeah, you wouldn't have a problem with that. Listen, the Rangers have enough picks, assets to deal with that. That's what I'm, that I'm not worried about. Yes, just Sturkin right. coming back, hopefully this uh, this Wednesday, which I'm, I'm assuming this Wednesday, and that's it. Now, obviously, uh, for people who didn't know, Kincaid came up on emergency basis, so I believe when Shesterkin comes, no, it's for 30 days or 10 games, whichever one, and then I believe he gets called, uh, sent back down. Now, the next thing is, now that we're in the management, trade assets, yeah, yeah, let's stick to this. Um, Shiragi, if you want to go first, in Inside the organization changes, not outside trades. Inside the organization changes, who would you call up? Who would you scratch? And what would your lineups be? Okay, so firstly, and this is something that I think you you might even agree on. Get rid of Nemeth. Whatever it is. Whatever it is, we need Please. to get him out of this lineup. Just, just do Just not. send him in a cab and say, okay, goodbye. Well, COVID helped us with that. Um, right. I mean, obviously, yeah, it's not, it's not like not a great thing like to wait listen i i, I feel the guy he has covid like right right for that he has covid or you're the guy's not like, feeling well yeah. i feel bad and the question is maybe we'll give him time to think about it um but um you know it is it does it does give a chance and i did hear rumors zach jones was scratched from the lineup right there was rumors that he was very scratched. possibly coming up and in my mind i want zach jones and that line now i do not like the lineups, especially with the problem that they are having with the blue line, Lingren has shown that he could, you know, that he could really do well, even without Fox. He could do well with whether he's with Fox, whether he's without Fox. And Truba has been doing very well in that on, on, uh, together with Miller. But I think we need to switch the lines up a little bit, put Fox with, put Fox with uh, Miller, Lingren with Truba and Hayek, who is not doing well, but Put Zach Jones on that line. See what he's got. That's that's my first move. My first move, get rid of Nemeth. The second thing that I would very much like to see, and you're going to agree on this too, is get Strom out of that line. I, I don't know what you could do. Could we move uh, Goodrow up? Uh, I'm not sure what we could do there with switching the lines around a little bit, but that Strom is destroying the lineups. They are, he's missing things. He's messing up lines. I can't have that. It's It's a mess up. By the way, to this time, I'm sorry to interrupt. To this time, when we're recording, Zach Jones has not been called up yet. I'm just looking to make sure because I didn't check my Twitter. But he has not been called up as of yet. But hopefully, yeah. But that's my move. You bring up Zach Jones and and see what he has. Um, If we could trade for one more defenseman, that's an outside move. So that's not what we're discussing. But um, inside the moves, I'm, I'm switching up those defensive lines. I'm making those defensive lines better. 
with all their blue pro- blue line problems, they need to go ahead and switch up that line. And in the main lineups, and if I can do this, it would be fantastic. Get Strom down, get, maybe move Goodrow up. Um, and, and you know, maybe that will change maybe so what would Strom's your four mind lines as well. Be of your offense? What would your four lines be? If, right, so, uh, regarding if, if everyone's healthy, that's my thing. Well, not, if you're making right everyone healthy, my first line, um, I don't know. You know, if I have Hunt is really out of this situation, I'm keeping Kako with Panarin. Um, I'm putting Heedle on that line. I don't know if you agree with that. Put Heedle on that line. Panarin, Heedle, and Kako. Um, on my second line, uh, I would have Zibanejad with Kreider. And who would you fit in there last? Um, I'd have to think about obviously when I do my part, but that's uh, a really, that's not, I don't know, put Hunt in there. I I don't know where, how that line would be and the rest would just, I would just put together whatever it is. So basically, basically the solution for you is bring up Zach Jones, um, uh, switch the deep pairs a little bit and then switch a little bit of the offense, but not a crazy amount. Basically the big thing for you is switching Strom and Heedle. Well, yeah. And I want to on that that line with Panarin. I I need, I, I think he did much better on that line with Panarin. Okay. Um, what about for you? So for me, is this in total agreement about Zach Jones? Honestly, to my belief, um, he's an NHL player. He really should not. He he does not belong in Hartford anymore. He's just dominating there. He has four goals and eleven assists for fifteen points in nineteen games. He doesn't belong there anymore. He's there's a point where the development. Like you need to be there for development, but after a while, it's just becoming stale and just hurting the other, hurting the player. He needs to be up. It's bothering me that they're like, oh, like, you know, Nemeth's our only option. So like, you know, we're going to play him. No, no, no. You got a 10 times better option in Hartford that deserve to be here after the preseason. Nemeth has been abysmal. If you look at any analytics, Niels Lundqvist looks a different player analytically than with Nemeth. Every player looks different without Nemeth. Nemeth is just I'm going to say it. He's the new Jack Johnson of this team. Um, he, he he's a he's abysmal. He's a terrible. He's not a good player. That's it. It's not a great contract. Unfortunately, it's another two years after this year for two point five. Um, I know we're not talking about trading out yet, so I'm going to keep that for after. You bring up Jones. You have Jones and Nils Lundqvist on the bottom pair. Now I know people are very skeptical of having two rookies on the first, on the bottom pair line, but honestly, man, Zach Jones played really solid at the end of last season. I would give it a shot. I would not touch those deep pairs just because there was one time last year Fox and Miller played together, and analytically it was so bad. I don't know why. Just some people, some some players can't mesh well. The great right. players, there are some players that just didn't mesh well. Um, Fox and Lindgren has too good of a chemistry to even think about, for me personally, to even think about splitting. They'd have to like let up, literally let up 15 goals for two games uh, for me to consider to change that line. Um now to the so I I wouldn't change any pairings besides bringing in Jones with Nils Wunkfist and just sending Nemeth in a cab and saying goodbye. Uh, that's it for you. Um, as for the offensive pairs, I don't know why go on switch in the first place. Kako was doing great and he moved him to Zabanajet's line. Now his logic was this: you need a guy for Zabanajet to get going since ever since Pavel Butchnevich left. I am a total agreement with that. That's what we, we I agree with Galanta. However, there are some players, as good as they are, never mesh. Kako's a guy I feel doesn't mesh with that. Um, 
as of last week, they only scored two goals that obviously went up a little bit this week. It's still not enough. Kaka was doing great with Panarin and Strom. I don't know why you on earth you messed with that. And Galan also figured I put Hunt on a line with Panarin and Strom because you need a four-checker four with that line. We've seen guys with Blackwell, Hunt, Fast always be a, with a guy like Panarin because that's what makes Panarin thrive. Now, I, it, Kaka was working. That's why I don't believe why you would change that. Right. Um, obviously, there was something there. It wasn't just that. It was getting Zibanejad going. Now, it seems like Zibanejad's starting to get going now, which is huge. I cannot stress that enough. But I, I would move Kako back with that line with Panarin and Strom. What I would do is this. I would have Kreider, Zibanejad, and one of Philip Hito or Julian Gauthier. That's the one or two players I would have on that line. So what would your lines look like at this point? So it would be Kreider, Zibanejad. I'm going to go with uh, hmm. one of Gauthier or Hito. On that top line, second line would be Panarin, Strom, Kako. Third line would be Lafreniere. Um, if Hedl's on that top line, it would be Gujar in the middle. If it's Gochi in that uh, top line, it would be Hedl in the third pair of middle. Mm-hmm. And then on the right, it would be Gujar. And I'm just curious. I'm just curious because you were discussing before how you feel that the penalty line should be switched up. Would you once you're making all these GM moves? You mean the power play line? The power play line. Sorry. Um, what would you What would you do to switch? The our the power play, not just switching, but the switching the um, positioning on the power play. I'd have Zabanja back to his old spot. If you want to get him to his, you keep Strom on. No, no, you 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 don't. No, there's no. He has no business being there. I'm like, the, here's the thing: we, we're on a roller course here. We're all like, no, and then he plays good for we go like yes, and then we play no, like that. You can't work that competitive teams. You can't be on and off, on and off. No. Get him off that line. Enough's enough. Um, I put Kako on there. Kako deserves to be on there. I don't understand. You, you expect, you're upset that your rookies aren't getting going, but you're not giving them the opportunity. You can't have it both right. ways. Um, yeah, that's, that's basically it. You'd have Kako. So the five I'd have on, I'll talk about positioning after it, is Abanajad, Panarin, Kako, Fox, and Kreider. Mm-hmm. Now, if you want to say, instead of Kako, Lafreniere, I'm all in for that. One of those two. Right. You have a left. Because the problem is every time Panarin pass across crease, show him how to get it on his stick and then shoot it. That millisecond, that second gets the is gives the goalie the ability to slide over and make the save. Now right. Strom's already not, you know, the greatest shooter in the world, so it's not helping. It's very frustrating that it's very frustrating. Sorry about that. It's very frustrating that oh, hold on one second, I have to cut that out. Shwag, are you there? Yes. Uh-oh. All right. Make sure you start up with the right thing. Yeah. You're still there, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, shoot. Hold on. Obviously, I'm going to have to cut this massive thing. I just... Hello? Yeah. I really hope it saves this. I'm gonna kill. Oh my gosh! Okay, it's still recording. Thank God. Okay, okay, we're back. We're back. All right, we'll have him cutting that out. All right, okay. let's just start from fresh. You said you was you were talking about something frustrating. Okay, let, we'll go back to hold on. Okay, uh, if the person can cut it right here. 
So basically on the, sorry about that, cut off for a second. Basically, the point is you had those five guys on the power play. Now, obviously, if you want to switch Kako and Lafrenet, I'm all in for that. What you need to do is, is you don't, you have Strom on that second line, the second power play. He doesn't belong in that. Obviously, when Strom, so now you have a left-handed shot on the right circle. That gives now a second one-timer position cross-crease. So basically what I was trying to say is that those five players, you, you obviously could be Kako or Lafreniere. I don't care which one. You had that um, that left-handed shot, that one-timer position on that side. I think you should put Shabanajad back to his spot because, hey, if you're going to get him back into his game, you got to – you got to give him the best opportunity. Now, obviously, that means you have to have a threat on the other side because everyone's just hogging Zibanejad. Kaku or Frenier there. Maybe, honestly, maybe put Panarin there. I know I was just raving about having a left-handed shot, but if you have Panarin there, then maybe, yeah, he, either he has the it shot. It really depends. I think it really depends on what Zibanejad you're getting. Well, I, I think you just... The problem with Zibanejad on the power play is everyone's just hogging him. It's just, it's just a comedy when you look at the power play. There's all four guys just around him because everyone knows don't let him shoot, and his power play is not going to get anywhere. Well, on the uh, two on the two power play goals at the end of the Coyotes game, in the first one, right, he scored the first goal. And on the second one, they did it. words him, and he passed it. And I think that's a very good thing if Zibanejad is doing well. I think that people bite towards him, and that's going to allow players like – you know, Kreider, Kako, whoever's around the ice on that on the ice at that time to really do well. Because the Banajad, when he's doing well, I feel like this team in general does well. Oh yeah. Well I, yeah, when your one seed does well, your team's gotta do well. But I'm saying is that you, you have to have a threat basically on the other side in order for Zabanajad to get going or someone's just gonna hop him. Now obviously if you have Kako and Lafreni on that side, you have that one timer. So they still have to respect that right. side. No one respects Strom on that side. It's that bad. Where right. everyone's like, okay, do what you want to do. I don't care. Um, or you have Panarin on that side with not the left-handed shot, but he's a threat to the point where they're going to have to go to him. Um, yeah, that's that's basically it. That's basically the solution for the power play. I understand Strom there brings that chemistry, but it's not enough. Strom is not that good. Uh, simple, simple as that. Now, all um, these moves are really moves that would be like – you know, around the it would be right. Stop. It would be internal fixes. Now, obviously, um, now we discussed our perspectives of how we would fix it inside the organization. Let's do external. Do you believe Ryan Strom is the answer to center? Because you can't have both cap spaces. No, no. Either no, you're no. getting a winger or you're getting a center. Which one I, are you? I getting? think. I think if he's on the bottom lines. I mean, like if we're using him to be on the bottom lines, and he's on a line with like. Like, no, but what I'm saying is you can't have both because cap space. Either he's your right. second I, I can't. I, my, I don't have him. I don't have him in any of the future of this team. So then you're getting going those second line center out. You're not getting a winger. Right. I, so, I, I think it's, it's going to be a very hard decision because the question is also, what do you want to give up? What do you want to trade away? Do you want to get like, how much are you willing to give up to get yourself the player? Well, listen, the who's Rangers have a lot person? of assets. And forget about position. Who's your number one person? My number one person is obviously I've said bro- broken, like a broken record, Tomas Hurdle. Uh, I don't know if he has – the last time I checked, he had 16 goals, though I could be wrong. It's just it brings another element uh, to the Rangers game that I think would be amazing for this team, man. 
Um, I think it's exactly what they need. However, you still had the problem with the right wing with Zibanejad, even though you get that second line center. Maybe you go with a cheaper rental option every year. That could be a thing. But honestly, yeah, it's mind-boggling that they gave up uh, Pavel Buchnevich when he was working so well with Zibanejad. Now, so you go the Tomatoro route. The question is, what would it take? There are report. There are people who are saying it wouldn't. I, I we we said this last podcast, so I don't want to you know keep on going over and over repetitively. But basically, the point is, it, it would be a good amount of stuff. And obviously, the only way the Rangers would do that trade is if they were so confident it's a sign. It's not a rental. It's going to be a sign. Uh, not a. I don't know if it's a sign of trade. It's just going to be like they're just getting confident enough that they're going to be able to sign it right away. Uh, it's not going to be a rental. Guys, what do, you think, like, what do you think of someone like um, someone like Tarasenko over Hurdle? So that that would you go this is the winger route? You would bring him on a line with Zabanjad. Uh Would that be cheaper? Yeah, that would definitely be cheaper. So, you know, I mean, Tarasenko has term though. Tarasenko has term, but Hurdle is just the better player. Um, How old is Hurdle? I think twenty six. I could so be very. He's almost in his prime. He might he's actually be, no. Old. I take it back. 28. He's twenty-eight. You're right, right. He's twenty-eight. Okay, I know. So he, yeah, he's in his prime right now. He's in his prime. I, I, I you, you can't keep on doing this rebuilds forever. Eventually, you got to put your foot down. Say, we got to make adjustments. We got to make moves, and we got to take the next step. Um, obviously, right. we just gave our solutions for in-house solutions, but honestly, I don't think that's enough. You need another top six addition. It's funny because Chris Jury said he's getting one, and not only did he not get one. He subtracted one. So I, I don't really know what his end game is here, but it's not looking great. Now, I know obviously the record shows it's looking great, but I'm saying being contender wise, it's not looking great. It's it's very questionable jury's decisions. I, I Listen, you got to give him credit for that he signed out of Fox for 9.5. Right. You got to give him credit that Zabanja didn't get 10, which he might have been able to get at the open market. Obviously, now it's just probably not, but in the beginning of the season, it looked like it. And he was able to get him for 8.5, which was a pretty good sign. Obviously, right. it's not it's not showing now, but in that time, it was it was the better, the best case scenario. It's 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 very much like you have to figure out: Are you getting a center or a winger? Are you going the rental route, or are you getting like if you have to get a lot of if you have to remove a lot of assets in order to get them, it's going to have to be a long term thing. If it's like a rental, well, like Phil on Kessel, a, on a on an interesting point though, and and this is something that. And this is something that it's actually I'm nervous about being that COVID is going around right now and teams are not playing and players are not healthy. You know, you're, you're, you're having to put in, you know, switched up lineups, you know, day by day lineups of figuring out who you're putting into your lineup. Um, I think it's going to take a little longer. I don't know if they're going to extend the trade deadline or something. So I think it's going to take longer to make some around. of these deals. There's a rumor going around that they're going to extend the Christmas break a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I believe that's a strong possibility. We have some people who, you know, um, in our organization, and so I think that no, a few people, and it seems like obviously there are reports from official sources uh, online that are saying the same thing that they're going to have an extended Christmas break, which I really believe is true. It, it happens to be that even if they extended it, matter of fact, that Rangers would only lose, like, I think miss one game because of it. I, I, I That's what I believe I saw in a post. Like, is this week's game going to be canceled, do you think? I don't think so, no. 
No. Not so unless something we, drastic happens. I don't think it's going to Right. Happen. But this is why I'm a little nervous because we know that, like we were mentioning before, that Georgiev, you know, is right now doing really well and it's his best chance to go ahead and be traded. But which team is making a trade at this point when, you know, teams are not exactly healthy and there's COVID going around and you don't know if one day your games are canceled or not. You don't know who to trade. Well, also, you have the player. roster freeze. You have the roster freeze in effect. And you have the roster freeze. You have the right? roster freeze in effect. And then, so basically what we're talking about right now will happen after the trade freeze. And right. it, it, yeah, the point is you have to trade the gift now because his trade value is never going to be higher. You bring out Kincaid. If it doesn't work out, there's always backup goes on the market. I don't believe the COVID will affect trades like last year. Like last year, it was a little more complicated. This year, I feel like it's a less complicated, even though it's spreading. I feel like it's going to be less complicated. I don't believe that'll be a factor in this. What I do believe is that, no, I, yeah, I, I don't think they're going to, I, I, I think it's just not even a question. They ain't going to the Olympics. Now, the question is, are the, is the NHL going to have, you know, makeup games during that time or they still want to break? There are reports that they still want to break, which is kind of weird, but maybe they'll have some makeup games in there. And then that's it. So it really depends on how much this COVID goes around. Because if this is, let's say, like, because uh, it's going around really all sports. So if this is, let's say, a two, three week, uh, two or three week thing, um, I don't think like a lot of things are going to be affected. I mean, things might get pushed off a little bit. Um, but like Steve Eiserman said, no one's really that concerned yet because the the biggest cases, the reason why obviously COVID is because a new variant is is that the biggest case were just a mild cold for these NHL players. Obviously the NHL players are the high peak of a human conditioning, which, which kind of helps on this situation. Steve Eisman said, basically it's literally a mild cold. Obviously there are people who are not like that, which is very unfortunate, but the point was, is it's not going to be as extreme as the last time around, even if they get COVID, which it just seems to be like that. I'm getting that vibe. It's very, it's it listen. It's it's tough times with this going around. Right. Now going going back though, going back to uh, solutions, they got to figure this out. Now that here's a problem. Usually these type of trades don't happen until the dread, uh, trade deadline. Why? Because because of bidding wars, and that makes the price go up. Now obviously, why would I trade him now if I know I could get a better price here? Just doesn't make sense for me. So obviously, then you would have to overpay for the guy. But I, I don't believe it's going to happen. I believe this is going to be the lineup until the trade deadline. And that's when the Rangers are going to figure out what they're going to do. Now, obviously, nothing is they got to trade Nemeth. Uh, maybe they're going to have to give a, uh, Arizona, a team like Arizona a pick in order to take his contract. You got to get rid of Nemeth, man. He's a 2.5 million cap hit. He, he's just that's all he is. Two five million dollar cap hit. He has no does not bring anything to the table. It's fact, it's a negative what he brings to the table. But that, that's basically it. Um, listen, we could we could scream from today to tomorrow that this team needs an addition in the top six. We've been saying it for the past couple episodes. It, I, I just think this is what it's going to be for the night till the trade deadline. And then we're going to, the Rangers going to say, okay, what we need to do. Because honestly, it's, it, I don't know if it is their fault because maybe teams are just not willing to trade right now. Uh, Elliot right. Freeman reported that the, there's no trades going on right now. And no, no, it's quiet. And that's what usually happens in this time of year. Cause no one wants to trade now because everyone wants a bidding war for their player and to uh, get the price. high. That, that's basically it. So before we go, uh, we're going to mention that two things. One, obviously I know it's just one game in hopes that 
they play the Montreal, I think this should be just a slam dunk win. Uh, let's 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 say it like this. I think I don't I don't want to say slam dunk win. I want to see I want to see a win of sixty minutes. That's all I want. Right. I don't care if there's moments of that that. You but know, I don't want them winning two to one. Apart. I want to show that they're the better team. Yeah, right. And they're not, and we know, and we keep saying this, they are like, not. I want, I want a five to two win. It's not I, the I, level of all these really, right. really good teams. I want a five and to two if, win. That's basically right. what I want. You want to win. You want to win, then I can look back and say, you know what? That's a good win. And there's a lot of good to say about it. And any bad, I can look past it. Well, right. you never look past it, but you know what I mean? Uh, you got to just say that, you know, we'll get past it. We'll get work. We'll get past just it. Just go into the it. break on a high note. That's all you want. Absolutely. And and I would like to I would I would like in my opinion to to point out that this game I'm going to put a lot on I'm going to put a lot on controlling the blue line. You control the blue line, they'll win this game. You control right. you, you get the puck in the zone. You get you play your their defense has been great all season. Besides I mean, Nemeth, besides for Nemeth and a couple of players, they have been a great defense. They've had problems, but they've done very well in not giving up too many goals. They are uh, six in goals against, which means they don't give that many up. Um, and and if that's true against the Canadian teams that have the Canadian team that has been struggling, take advantage. I'm right. not going to say it's, it's funny thing is that we didn't mention. It's funny thing that we didn't mention this whole podcast once about Lieber Hayek. Let's just put it <laughs> this. He doesn't. I, meant, I mentioned it. I mentioned it once, but I, I don't know if there's so, much to say about him. <laughs> so there's nothing to say besides the fact that he belongs with Nemeth in the cab. Goodbye, just under the camera or something. That's it. Yeah. Goodbye. Um, he doesn't belong here. That's it. Um, it's it's absolutely and for all absurd. Fans, if you would like to uh, walk into next week, listen. If someone wants to sponsor, yeah, and if you want a negative aspect, just look at Nemeth and Hayek. Uh, Hayek, sorry, Nemeth is a minus seven this year. Just just laying it out there, minus seven. It's 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 very ridiculous how bad yeah. those two are. It's very frustrating that you want to be a really good team. You have to have bills on your bottom pair. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so the second thing is also is we're going to start with a Q and a starting next week. Ooh, you exciting. Could, you could post it, uh, your questions to our Twitter handle. We also have our DMS open. So you can ask your questions there. It is at capital NYP lowercase pangers. So it's not, it's not two P's it's one. So NYP pangers uh, pod. So lowercase, the rest are lowercase besides the NYP. Um, and that is it. And we'll get, catch you guys next Sunday, which right. is, it's going to be a huge week because that's when the contenders are going to start coming. Tampa, Florida, that's where, when the Rangers come back from the break, they're going to have to, you know, make a break. You, they're going to they're gonna have to show that they're, you know, taking the next step. Shruggy, yeah, it's not um, All right. I'll see you next week. Awesome. We'll touch next week.